Our vision is for Love and Truth Church to make a significant difference by changing lives to change our world. To accomplish our mission, our dreams are 10 churches planted. One hundred ministers ordained. One thousand people sent. Thousands trained and activated. Ten thousand lost saved. One hundred thousand hear gospel. Millions of dollars released. We began a few weeks ago talking to you about 2020 vision, so we're going to continue that today. Three weeks ago, we began talking on the process of, of how that we go about implementing vision and how that works in our lives. And, and then on, on the second week, uh, we begin to talk about our priorities. What were our priorities? How, how did we need to live out as a church uh, day in and day out how to fulfill this vision of 10 churches planted, 100 people ordained, uh, 1,000 people to go on missions trips, thousands of people uh, motivated and activated to serve in the kingdom of God, uh, 10,000 people to be saved, 100,000 people to hear the gospel, and then millions of dollars released. How do we go about that? And so we, we talked about uh, that we had to have the priorities, that we had to be biblical, we had to be authentic, we had to be relevant. We, went, we had talked about how we had to be gracious if we were going to do that. Uh, and then last week we talked about our mandate, that God had called each and every one of us to fulfill uh, something in the kingdom of God, that God was more interested in us being workers than he was in us being a crowd. Amen? Now today we're going to continue this process of talking about uh, what God's called us to do, uh, and we're going to be talking about our journey today, how that each and every one of us are in a journey. How many of you know uh, that, that there are times in your life where you want to know where you're going? All right, so take your Bibles today and go to the book of Matthew, the 28th chapter, and that's where we're going to be this morning uh, as we kind of move into this. And as you're doing that, let me greet our campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor of Love and Truth Ministries, and I'm glad you're joining with us today, wherever you are, whatever campus that you're at today. We welcome you. We're believing for God to minister to you there, to touch your heart, to touch your life, and that you are able to leave today knowing that God has spoken to you through His Word. Now, now, the book of Matthew uh, talks about, uh, in the Scripture there, uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to, observe, to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, how many of you have ever heard that scripture? All right, I would dare say if you've been to church, you know, over a handful of times, you've heard that scripture. But you know what? That word is still relevant to this day. 
that Jesus Christ has called us. If we are really going to reach 2020 vision, we, we've got to understand that we're in a journey. So today I want to talk about our journey. We've talked about our process. We've talked about our priorities. We've talked about our mandate. But today I want to talk about our journey. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you have some type of a GPS system in your car? You have one that you take with you sometimes. Oh, come on, hold your hand up. All right, those you watching do too. All right. Now, how many of you ever argue with your GPS? It's a man thing. All right. And, and what I found out is that I, I, I like, I've got different kinds. I've got some, you know, I can take from one car to the other, and then my car has one. And, and what I found through the years is, first of all, is that they'll give you con conflicting advice sometimes. Right? It'll tell you go here, and you know it's better to go over here. The other thing, though, the thing that I have found th uh, through the years with it is that it gives you turn-by-turn -turn instructions, right? But if I'm going somewhere that I don't know where it is, I want to see the full picture before it starts giving me turn-by-turn -turn instructions. Am I the only one that's that way? I mean, if, if I'm going uh, to, a, to a new city somewhere that I have never been, I, I kind of want to be able to back that thing out and to be able to look at it and say, okay, this really is going to get me to my final destination, all right, that I'm not going to wind up in the ocean somewhere or drive off of a cliff somewhere, that this thing, I can, I can kind of pull this thing back, and, and I can do a bird's eye view, if we want to use that terminology, so that I can see where I am going to wind up. Now, one of the things that we decided a few years back is that we wanted to be able to provide people a bird's eye view of what this thing called Christianity is all about. That, that it was, yes, God's going to give you turn-by-turn -turn instructions, but sometimes you need to be able to look at the big picture. You need to be able to look at, at where you're going. What is the end result uh, of what Christianity is going to be in your life? And so we came up with five real simple, easily uh, remembered steps, and I want to talk about those today because here's what I found. We are looking uh, that by the end of 2020, we are looking at a huge vision to be taken care of. I mean, when you're talking planting 10 churches, I mean, right now, uh, you know, we have the Cordova campus. Right now, we have the Henderson campus. We've got the Savannah, Tennessee campus, and we have a Craneville, Illinois campus, and then we have a campus in Jackson. So we have five campuses right now. We're talking about not five more. We're talking about 10 more in the next 10 years. How many of you know God better show up? Right? And, and so how do we go about doing that? Well, first of all, every campus has to be involved. It's not just going to be the Jackson campus doing it. Every campus is going to be involved. How, how are we going to see 100 people ordained? How are we going to see 1,000 people go on mission trips and, and be able uh, to literally send people to the nations and let them live there and stay there and on and on? How is that going to happen? It's going to happen, and here's what I got to thinking. It's going to happen at the very basic level. It's going to happen one by one. It's, it's not that we look at the multitudes or at the crowds and get all excited about that. It really comes back to one person at a time finding a relationship with Jesus Christ, moving into the ministry that God has for them, fulfilling the destiny that God has for them, and then we'll look up one day, hopefully in about 10 years from now, and say, man, look at the great things that God has done. 
but it happens in, in the life of an individual. And so I'm going to talk to you, and I hope everybody listening to me today gets a hold of what I'm going to talk about because I'm going to tell you something. I don't care if this is your very first time uh, in Love and Truth Church and the Hear Me Minister or if you've been coming for years and years and maybe you've been saved. You know, you may be one of those people that the Bible talked about, John the Baptist. You may have been born with the Holy Ghost from your mother's womb. Huh. All right, I dare say your family would disagree with that, but, but it doesn't matter what I'm going to be talking about today. Somewhere that I'm going to talk about today, you are in a journey that I'm going to be talking about something that you can apply to your life. So this sermon is going to be very practical for each and every one of us today. Now, when we begin to look at this, the, the scriptures there says, it says, and Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded with you and surely I am with you uh, to the end of the age and so I, we, we begin to look at that and we said you know what if you're taking notes write this down the first word or the first step is believe so you've got you've got to be a believer before you are ever going to move forward in your journey with God it's it's not enough just to show up at church it's you know it's not enough that grandma was a believer you know, th this is one of those things that you can't pass down. You, you can maybe pass down your property. You may pass down your money. You, you may pass, well, but you can't pass Christianity down. It has to be a something that happens in the life of every individual. And so as, as we begin to look at that, you know, we said, you know, the, the first thing that's got to happen on this journey that God's called us to is that we've got to begin to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ. How many of you uh, have ever been in a relationship with somebody? I'm going to see if all the married people raise their hand. All right. Uh, some of you didn't, and you are in serious trouble when you get home. Uh, but, but how many of you know that in a relationship, there, there are times that you have to pursue some things? You have to go after some things to, to see it come to pass. And, and it's the same way with God. Yes, it's, it's easy to come to faith in the Lord. It's easy to be saved. But then you have to pursue that relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and in, in pursuing that, one of the things that we have to learn is that we have to learn total dependence on God. All right, we, we just have to learn. You know, the, the Bible says it this way. Without me, you can do what? Nothing. Now, I want to translate that a little bit different. Without me, you can't do everything. Right? I mean, I, 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 am I the only one? I at times want to say, well, I can do a few things. But when you begin to read that scripture, you begin to understand that if God takes his hand off of your life for one moment, it's over. And so the scripture says, without me, you can do nothing. And so in, in this process of life, you know, uh, uh, Americans especially, we, we like to be self-sufficient. I don't want to depend on anybody. You know, we got that John Wayne swagger. Y'all remember John Wayne? I mean, you know, we got that, we got that whole, you know, I'm cowboy, come on, pilgrim, I'll, you know. It, no, no, no. And yet in, in the relationship with, y'all need to go back and watch John, all right? And, 
in the relationship with God, you've got to learn total dependence day in and day out of your life. And, and believing is more than just walking to the front of the church. It's more than shaking a pastor's hand. It's more than signing your name on a card or saying, Lord, I believe in you. Believing means that you are pursuing a relationship, that you are depending on God for everything in your life, and that you are establishing godly priorities every day of your life. Now, I want to tell you something. Every one of us had a, had a way of living that was not pleasing to God before we got saved. And, and we have to re-engineer, we have to retrain ourselves to begin to live the way God wants us to. And here's what I found out. That's a lifelong journey. Amen? Now, don't, don't answer this question. But some of you, before you got saved, you used to have a foul mouth. Some of you, since you got saved, the right time, the right moment, the right circumstances. Oh, boy, we're looking holy. Something just lets loose and you go, where'd that come from? Why? Because just because you got saved doesn't mean you forgot the words. Right? Right? And, and so we, we have to retrain ourselves. We have to come to that place of saying, God, help me to establish godly priorities in my life. Help me to live the way that you want to live. That's what being a believer is all about. Part of being a believer is going to church faithfully. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You know, a lot of people have that old 70s song in their mind, me and Jesus got our own thing going. Right? But no, no, no. The Word of God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, especially as you see that day approaching. What day? The day of the return of the Lord. Now, I want to tell you, if they were close to the return of the Lord 2,000 years ago in Jesus' day, don't you think we're closer? All right? And so the Scripture says, Lord, you, you, you've got to not only believe. It's not, you know, you can watch Billy Graham or whoever, and you can make a confession of faith at your house, but then the Word of God lets us know that we need to come together with other, other people in the body of Christ to move this thing forward. The Scripture in the New Testament over 50 times talks about one another. Pray for one another, love one another, exhort one another, encourage one another. And, and you can't do that sitting at home, just you and Jesus. Right? And so part of being a believer, not only pursuing Jesus, but also getting into fellowship with others who are part of the body of Christ. And, and then secondly, the, the second thing that we talked about, the second step, is the word belong. Now, everybody wants to belong to something. You say, I don't want to belong to anything. Yes, you do. We all want to. There is something innate inside of us that makes us want to be part of something bigger than we are. And God created us that way. So I moved from the place of believing to the place of belonging. And so in, in Love and Truth churches, it's, it's real simple. We, we talk about membership sometimes. People say, oh, do you have to be a member of that church to go to heaven? Of course not. I mean, I would dare say there may be some members who won't make it. None of you, I am sure. It's those people who were laying out today. Okay. But, but no, you, you don't have to be a member, but there's something about membership. One of the credit cards says membership has its rewards. 
right? There, there's something about coming together uh, in the body of Christ and being a member, and, and the Word of God talks about that. And, and so we, we've, again, we've made that even simple of, of how you go about doing that. There, there's a, what we call a growth track here at Love and Truth Church. And, and the first part is, is just kind of church 101. It's, it's the history, it's the vision, it's kind of the beliefs of what Love and Truth Church is all about. And, and people say, well, <clears throat> do I have to go to that class? No, you get to go to that class. That's like asking, do you have to have the Holy Ghost? No, you get to have the Holy Ghost, right? Uh, and, and then there's the, there's the second class, uh, which is kind of the Essentials 201. It, it's, the, it's those daily habits that we work on. It's, it's pr- how, to, how should we pray, read the Word, memorize, all of those kind of things that we need in, in our daily life. And then the third aspect is kind of a Discovery 301, uh, which is we, we do a personality profile, and that's, that just helps your marriage. All right? Oh, now I know why he acts that way. Now I understand why she does that. All right? It's just her personality. It's just his way of doing it. And, and there's also a, a gifts inventory that, that literally helps you to define what your spiritual gift is. Now let me help you. The Word of God lets us know that everybody that is a believer has a spiritual gift. Okay? And so I need to know what my spiritual gift is so that I can use that effectively in the kingdom of God. If I don't know, now, listen, if, if, if you were to come to me and say, uh, you know what, we, we just think that you would be really great at just going and sitting with people and listening to them and holding their hand and just, just being there, just, just be presence. And you don't know me very well. I mean, I, I've got to be doing something. I've got to be going somewhere. I've got, I, I don't have a high gift of mercy. I have more of a, uh, you know, of a, of a cutting edge, let's go, let's get it done, leadership, let's move forward. But, but what's been great is, is that once you understand what your gifting is, then you can take that and you can bring people around you who can help you to fulfill the destiny that you have in your life. And then the fourth class is, is just an activation class where we sit down with you and say, hey, here's what's going on, here's what's happening, and here's, here's some ministries that you could be involved in. You say, Pastor, is that important in my journey with the Lord? Well, let's, let's, let's see what the Bible says. That'd be okay? Can, can, we, can we do the Bible thing real quick? The, the Word of God says, uh, again, Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, and then he skips on and says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, what did Jesus command? Jesus commanded that each and every one of us fulfill what he's called us to do. So I've got to be, I've got to belong somewhere. I, 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 I need, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I, used, I, I went for years. Let me just, let me be, be a pastoral for a minute, all right? I went for years and told people it didn't matter if they were church members. It's okay, you don't have to be. I mean, I, I probably the first, I don't know, first 10 years of my life, I never talked about church membership. Because, you know, I didn't, want, I didn't want people to think that membership meant salvation. So I just didn't talk about it. But, but the longer I've done this, and I've been doing this a long time now, the longer I've done this, I have found out how important it is for you to have a place that you identify as your church. All right? Here's, here's how I know when somebody has bought into the vision. When they quit saying your church or that church and they start saying our church right? And, and there's something about it. If I believe with all of my heart that every believer ought to belong. 
and that, that we need to get involved. And so I'm, I'm just going to be real upfront and real bold today. If this is your church home or one of the other campuses is your church home and you aren't a member, I challenge you today to get involved, to go through the process, and let's see what God can do in your life and how he can use you to fulfill the destiny that he's placed within your life. Amen. I mean, it's, it's really needful. The, the third thing, though, I, I believe, belong, and then thirdly, we want to become. What, what do we want to become? I want to become everything that God wants me to be. Amen. Uh, Bishop Garlington was just here, and, and he, he made a comment, and it caught me. He, he said, you know what? We need people uh, who, when we get to heaven, that God will say, you didn't have to do that much. And I thought, I love that. I, I just, I, I, I want to show up in heaven, and God said, you could have taken it a little bit easier. Amen. Amen. I don't want to show up, and he goes, you should have been doing a whole lot more. I mean, I, wa I want to become everything that God wants me to be. And, and let me just tell you, let me, let me tell you a little bit about my journey. My, people look at me and say, oh, he must have wanted to be a pastor. Yeah, he must have desired that all of his life. He must have really, you know, he grew up in a missionary's home and a pastor. That must have been what he wanted. Let me just tell you something. The last thing I wanted to be was a preacher. I mean, I made all kind of bargains with God growing up. I, I, I told God, I, I'll pay double tithes if you don't make me preach. Oh, y'all. I said, just, just let me be a good business person. Let me make a lot of money and I'll bless the kingdom of God, but I don't want to be a preacher. Guess what? He gifted me to be a pastor, He gave me the giftings to lead a congregation. And so I had to determine at some point in my life was, was I going to become what God wanted me to become? So I want to tell you something. It's wonderful to be a believer, and it's even great to belong somewhere. But if you aren't in the process of becoming everything that God wants you to be, you've stopped on the journey. How many of you know that, that if you're going to Disney World, but you stop in lower Alabama, it doesn't do you much good? Right? I'm on, I'm on my way to Disney. I'm, I'm, I'm headed there. Well, that's great, but, but, and, and some of you love Alabama, and that's wonderful, but, but I want to tell you, lower Alabama is not Disney World. And, and so some of us kind of get in this process of, of a relationship with God. We believe, you know, we got saved. We committed our life to the Lord. We got baptized. We may have even moved into membership in a local church. And then we just, okay, I'm, I'm tickets punched to heaven. Hallelujah. No, God's got something. Do, do, is there ever times in your life, let me just ask a question. Are, are there ever times in your life that you're frustrated? Am I the only one? I mean, you just, just kind of, what, what, what? Come on, you know, there's got to be something more. One of the reasons I think that we get frustrated is because we are not moving into everything that God has for us. There, there are those moments where we kind of we relax. We kind of, uh, phew, made it good I'm there and yet what we find is is in this process of becoming you know, you know I, I get involved in ministry and I, I start I find out what my spiritual gift is and I start using that gift you know what Th those of you who have the gift of administration you can help the kingdom of God keep things orderly right those of you that have a gift of mercy you can come along behind me and clean up all my mess 
You know, th those of you that, that, that have a gift of discernment, you can know when things are off in the Spirit, and you can begin to pray and intercede so that God can, can bring things alive. Every one of us, there's over 20 gifts listed in, spirit, in, in the Word of God, of the, of the gifts of the Spirit that are listed there, and every one of us have been given those gifts. And why? the reason is, is because somebody over here has one gift, somebody over here has another one, somebody back there has another one, and as we begin to use the gift, then the Bible says that the body is built up. And so I get involved in ministry. I join a ministry team. I, I, I get involved in a small group somewhere. And I begin to use the gifting that God has placed within my life. You know what? How, how many, let me ask this question. I've done this before, but it bears repeating. How many of you have ever taken your children on vacation in a car? Ever done that? Isn't that just a joy? I mean, it's just wonderful. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, moms are real good. And, and I can remember back in the day, now, now, you know, now you guys have all kind of trinkets and stuff in your car and, you know, DVDs and games and all. You know, back in the day, we, we had a coloring book and a, you know, pack of crayons. That's about it. And, and so, you know, you got some coloring books and you got some little books, whatever, and, and you put them in the back seat. And, and, and Ashley and Zach, now they're, they're almost seven years apart. Uh, and we thought if we could help them that far apart, they'd get along. It doesn't work. And, and, and so, you know, for the first 30 minutes of the drive, we're good. We might even get an hour out, but if it's over an hour, I mean, you, you start hearing all kind of stuff in the back seat. You know, he took my coloring crayon. She's touching me. I love that one, right? You know the other one, too. He's on my side, right? And, and you get off. Why? Because they're not busy. They get bored. Here's what I found out. I'm going to say something. Now, hang on. I had not said anything yet, but I'm going to say something now. What I found out is, is people who complain at church are the people who aren't doing anything. Because if you're doing something, you don't have time to be picking on somebody else across the congregation because of what they thought, said, wore, whatever, because you are too focused on what it is that God has called you to become that you don't have time to pick on your brothers and your sisters. So if for no other reason, we ought to be becoming what God wants us to be because we shouldn't be picking on one another. Right? And so, and so we move through this. Number four, the fourth part of this process is, is what we just call build. Okay? And the, and the steps that we're taking is that, that we just begin to build. What, what do we mean by build? Well, uh, that's when you begin to connect with other people. And, and you begin, the, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Ever read that scripture? Iron sharpens iron. And what it's talking about is that relationships make you better. But how many of you know that if iron sharpens iron, there mean, that means that there's going to be some sparks fly, right? I, I, uh, years ago, I came across a book, and I lost it, and then I mentioned it actually after I began pastoring here, and somebody got it for me, and it, it's called Great Church Fights. <laughs> I have it in my library, Great Church Fights, and it's a, it's, it's a hilarious book. It, you know, it goes all the way back to the Reformation and, and, and di different fights that have happened in church. And, and what I found out is, you, you remember in Scripture where the, the Bible says that the Apostle Paul said, I withstood Peter to his face? That's a great church fight. I mean, Paul just shows up and he gets in Peter's face. I, I want to tell you something. You need to build some relationships in the kingdom of God where somebody's not impressed with you.
where they just walk up to you and they say, you know what, I noticed you hadn't been coming to church the way you ought to be. Well, I don't want anybody in my life like that. I, I, I noticed that, that you, you aren't worshiping the way you ought to be worshiping. Wow, it gets quiet. I, I, I noticed, you know, the other day you were getting out of your car and you were, you were really rude to your husband or wife, and, and we won't talk about that. Oh, help me, Jesus. Y'all want to go back to that, me and Jesus got our own thing going, don't you? See, part of the journey is, is building relationships and, and being part of small groups that, that people can speak into your life and, and beginning to minister to the needs of others. You know, they, they tell us uh, that the Dead Sea in, in Israel, I've never been there. We have people who have, and, and, uh, but, but anyway, we won't go there, Pastor Philip. But uh, uh, the, the, the Dead Sea takes in but never gives out. And, and so everything in it's dead. And, and so th that's the way a lot of Christians are is they're always taking in. But if I'm really building into what God has for me, then I'm ministering out. And here's what I found out is that as you minister out of what's happening in you, God says, give and it shall be given unto you good measure. So if I give out goodness, I give out love, I give out faithfulness, I give out whatever, then the Bible says he's going to bring that back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. People say, I don't have any friends. Really? Have you ever been a friend? See, that's, that's building. That's moving out of ourselves into what God has for us. And then the fifth step as we kind of move through this journey thing to fulfill the vision that God has for our life is we just put the word beyond. I wanted to use in, to infinity and beyond, but they wouldn't let me. All right, all of you who have children know where I'm going with that one, all right? Uh, but, but beyond, what, what does it mean, beyond? What, what are you talking about, Pastor? Here's, here's what I did not want to happen. I did not want anybody to ever feel like that there was a place to stop. Believe, belong, become, build. Whew, I got it all done. I'm in, a, I'm in a group and I'm ministering. No, 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 beyond. There, there's always something beyond. The, the Bible talks about that God takes us from glory to what? To glory. He takes us from faith, the Bible says, to faith. There's this aspect of always moving, and, and we talk about a lot in Love and Truth churches, we talk, we talk about changing lives to change our world. That's beyond. Until the whole world knows Jesus Christ, we can't quit. We can't stop. We, we can't say, well, my family's saved, uh, my neighbor's saved, so that, no, no, no. Until the whole world knows Jesus, we can't stop, we can't quit, we've we got to keep going. We, we've got to share our faith. Do you know that there are people that you know that no other Christian knows? So I, don't, I find that hard to believe. Do you know they tell us that less than 50% of people in any county in America go to church on a regular basis? Less than 50%. I, that's, that's a pretty astounding thing. And, and so I have the opportunity, you have the opportunity day in and day out to share your faith with somebody. That doesn't mean you walk up, you know, with an iPad with all the scripture in it or, or a big uh, Bible and stick it under your arm and, and, and start hammering people. It just means that you go about showing love in concrete ways. You, you see somebody in need and you help them. 
You know somebody who's going through a tough time uh, with their children at work and, and you, you, you just slip them a little money or you give them a gift card or you just do something to show them the love of Jesus Christ. What, what would happen if we would begin to live that way? If we would live outside of ourselves, if we would begin to say day in and day out, I, I want to somehow change lives to change the world. You know what would begin to happen? Our perspective would become much greater. How many of you know when you're looking here, you can't see much? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. We've got to quit just focusing on ourselves. And we've got to say, you know what? God's called me to make a difference in the world. That may just be stepping across the aisle at work and telling somebody something good that God's done. That may be where you get up and you load up on a plane and you go for two or three weeks and do a missions project in another country. Wow, we can get, really get radical. It might mean for some of us to move our whole family to another culture, to another part of the world, to minister to a group that doesn't know Jesus Christ. What, what is it that God's called you to do? I want to tell you something. He's called you to go beyond yourself. Don't ever settle just for where you are. I want to tell you, I've been doing this a long time. I'm 52 years old, if you're wondering. Not very long, I'll be 53. But I hope and I pray, however long the Lord has, that I am continuing to go beyond myself. That I never come to the place that I get satisfied with the status quo. That I never say we've done enough, but that we're continuing to look up. And so today, those of you who are listening to me, you may be in your teens or you may be in your 80s or 90s. But I want to tell you, wherever you are, you're still on a journey. God still has you here. And so therefore, you need to continue to move forward. So how does that impact the next 10 years? If everybody would do what I've talked about today, then we would begin to see an impact in our world. All of a sudden, love and truth churches would begin to double and triple and quadruple because people are coming into the kingdom of God. And as people are coming into the kingdom of God, God, are, God is taking their abilities and their talents and He's using them. Could it be, and I'll close with this, could it be that right now one of the pastors for a love and truth church plant spent most of their night last night sitting on a bar stool getting drunk? But somebody who's listening to me tonight, today, has the ability to talk to them. And all of a sudden, we look up in three years, in five years, in eight years, and we say, wow, look at that person who you ministered to, who now God has taken, and he is using them to move the kingdom into a new place. Maybe there's somebody in your family, maybe, maybe one of your children that you look at and you know that there's something special about them. 
And you, you have all the ideas, you have all the plans for what their future needs to be. And, and I know how it is. We, you know, as a parent, you, you, you want the best for your children. But all of a sudden, you see God get a hold of them. And their desire becomes, yeah, they want to do all the education, but, but their desire becomes to be a person who's involved maybe as a worship leader. Or, or maybe they might even want to go on the mission field. And that fear and that trepidation that would grab you as a parent when they said that would be pretty high. But then you come back and say, wait a minute, this is what we've been training them for all their life. I mean, think about it. Think about when you get to heaven and somebody that you shared Jesus with walks up to you and says, thank you that you told me about Jesus. It's because of you that my life is different. I want to tell you, that's going to make everything worth it. Every struggle, every problem, every mountain and every valley is going to be worth it, worth it as we continue this journey that God's called us to.